You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Good evening. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, we've got the best two. Got my co-host Mags that you can follow on Twitter at Hot Seat Mags. Good evening, Mags. How are you doing? Yeah, Kev, I'm I'm doing really, really well. I've just had a lovely day watching the the Wimbledon men's final. Great game. Loved it. And I chatting to you two legends, so doing great, mate. How are you? I'm doing absolutely brilliant. I mean, obviously I said the best two, but I mean, if we're gonna broaden it a little bit. It's the best yeah. free of fantasy wildcard, is it? I mean, yes, it is. Be- before we get on to the great stuff, Scott Fishbowl for week one in the books, got JTT Cup underway as well. So, yeah, lots of charity stuff, lots of um, rosters and banter and everything like that. So, it's been a really fun week from a charity tournament point of view. I've also um, dabbled in my final couple of dynasty stops of the off season. I've now got myself up to 30. Don't tell the wife. Um, I just think it's a nice number to go along with. Yeah. We'll go for 30. If you win two and a half leagues, you're in a good spot. So, um, yeah, yeah we're, obviously it's charity tournament season, but Dynasty is still in my mind. Dynasty is what the show is about tonight. Before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of what the show is about, we've got to welcome on an absolute legend in the community. We've got the co-host of, you may know this one, Fantasy Wildcard Rewind. We've got the co-host of Five Yard Dynasty. She's also an organiser at the UK FFC and the queen of Fantasy Wildcard. Royalty in the UK. I'm going to give a warm wildcard return to Hannah Rowland, who you can follow on Twitter, at Hannah Rowland. Good evening, Hannah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. What a lovely introduction, Kev. I know you don't necessarily believe it all, but I'm going to go with it. Um, it's lovely to be chatting to you two this evening. Um, obviously, Ali couldn't be bothered to come and speak to me, and that's fine. Because, but, yeah. you know, he is now, unfortunately, my least favourite of the Dynasty crew. So I'm here with the, the best two, of course. Although, Mags is still in a little bit in my bag books, because obviously he abandoned me on their Monday. <laughs> yeah, I guess by process elimination, I'm the best. But um, we won't talk too much about that, because I don't want to get an ego. And I'm sure even if they get an ego... I will get in knocked down a peg or two by yourself tonight, Hannah. We've got a great show coming up. We'll be discussing players to sell in Dynasty. The picks are chosen by yourself, Hannah. We've got various trade ideas to pivot from these assets based on keep trade cut market values. So, yeah, let's get into it. We're going to start off at QB. Um, you're going to give us your first Dynasty sell at QB. Okay. So, I actually found the QBs probably one of the hardest ones to kind of decide upon the wide receivers and the, the running backs and things I, I had some that came straight to mind but I'm going to start with my first one and that is Jared Goff so he is currently is that keep trade cup QB 18 yeah yeah um so look he is a starting quarterback of a team that has playoff aspirations this season so he is still obviously does have some value and I think he's likely going to end up in that kind of QB2 range this year and he certainly could be a contributor but the thing that concerns me is what's going to happen after this season 
you know, there's already kind of rumours swirling around that they're probably going to want to move on from him. They're kind of, you know, potentially looking to move to a younger model that they feel is going to kind of take them to places that Jared Goff may not necessarily be able to do. So I would kind of be looking ahead, really, basically with him at this stage and say, look, he's still got value while ever he's the starting quarterback for the Lions. And that's particularly, obviously, in your Superflex leagues. But as soon as the season's over, I think his value is going to drop because there's going to be uncertainty. You know, people are going to be wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to draft someone? I mean, it's, it's difficult because it depends, obviously, ultimately where they finish the end of the season. But are they going to trade? Are they going to draft? What are they going to do with him? So for me personally, I think if you could get good value, I would be selling now. I think let's get ahead from the curve. Let's maintain, you know, let's get him sold while his value is still high. If I was feeling a bit brave, I would probably wait until there's an injury to another QB, find a contender and sell him at that point. Because I think you're going to get even more there. So if you can hold him for a few weeks of the season, I would maybe try and risk it. But um, ultimately, I'm looking to sell at some point between now and probably mid-season, I think, while people are still kind of on a high from how the Lions have done last season and they're not looking yet to next off-season when they're going to be wondering, right, what am I going to do with Jared Groff? So that's my kind of first sell of the day. Yeah, I think that's a super interesting one with Goff because even if he goes out and has like just as good a season he did last year and, and or even slightly better, his value is probably still going to be about the same, right? I, I think this is about the ceiling that people are willing to take Jared Goff as, like their their QB two. Realistically, you probably want Jared Goff as like your QB three, really, if you're going to be super happy with with the super flex team. So I think you're right. Get out your head now. Like his value is the highest. Is probably going to maybe ever going to be until like the rest of his career. So so why not use that advantage and and sell him high now while you can and. And try and get some assets on the way back. So yeah, it is a really tricky exercise. You're right. It always is tricky to like actually pull the trigger and sell a quarterback. But you've done well here at identifying someone who's at peak value, and and that's always a good time to trade. I think. Coming after my flag plan from last season, Hannah. I mean, you started off with a bang. Um, I think if we look at the pure numbers first of all, in terms of keep trade or QB eighteen. I've actually got him lower, so I'm agreeing with you on that. I think it's right, right about the right range to be um, placing him in rankings as such. Come on to tears in a moment, but I think with Goff, he's someone that's he's 28 years old. He's been a QB one three times. I think the Lions are going to do well, and I think if he takes them to the playoffs, which they've not done in a long time, they've not made any inroads in the playoffs for a while, I can't see him moving on. Now, I just think that they might push himself out of range to get a good QB at the top, unless four or five emerge again um, in an amazing class. So we just have to see how that one plays out. You can never tell is this class coming back. Next year's class is always the best class, is it? That's what we know. So yeah. I kind of like him longer term. I think the idea to keep him for an injury and then move off is a good idea because. He's a starting QB. He's going to be starting all season. I don't think Endon Hooker's a threat. Uh, and he's going to be on a team that's winning, doing well, good weapons. So, yeah, I can, I can see that. I think in terms of the tier itself, he's in a tier with Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins. Personally, I've got Goff over most of those within that same tier. There is one guy, though, in that tier that I think doesn't deserve in that tier. And that's Kirk Cousins. If I could move from Goff to Cousins, we'd be on top. That is absolutely 
pulling somebody's pants down. So <laughs> if you're going to try and pull someone's pants down, I've got three different options for you. We're going to give you three trades. And how we've wanted to do it on the show is we're going to do a trade where you're adding something to Goff to move up, something in the same tier, or moving down, getting Goff and a few assets. So trade. I'm going to get you to pick one of the three three trades, which one you think is best if you are selling Goff. First one, Goff and a 24 first for Dak Prescott. Trade two, Goff for Kenny Pickett. Trade three, Goff for Baker Mayfield, a 24 second and a 24 third. So uh, just quickly before I make a decision, Kev, I do think you make a, a really good point about Jared Goff. I do think that potentially, yes, he could stay. The thing that concerns me about him is what ceiling has he got? You know, like kind of Mags mentioned, to me, he's kind of shown his ceiling. Like I, he's not, as my QB3, I want either someone who is going to kind of give me a bit extra, you know, maybe have a low floor, but have a really high ceiling. Like, I just think, Goff, man, you just sat on my bench. Yeah, you're okay, but you're not really giving me too much. I personally prefer to go up tiers in quarterback than go down. I, I, Goff for picket for me seems like a, what's the point? You're basically swapping, like, like potentially, to be honest, even going down in the tier. Baker Mayfield, no thanks. As soon as he <laughs> kind of gets benched halfway through the season, he's lost all his value. And what's the second and what's the third? They're not going to give you another quarterback. I personally think you really should be doing the first trade, Goff, plus a 24 first for Dak Prescott. You know, who knows where that 24 first is going to be? It might not give you a quarterback. You can't be relying on these first being a 101 and getting you, you know, Caleb Williams or whatever. You know, you've got to be realistic. I think ultimately, I think you've got to move up and, and go for Dak. For Dak. Yeah, I think it's a solid process whenever you're thinking about QB. If you can always move up in your QBs, then that's, that's, that is the move if you can do it across. Think about most leagues that are in Superflex. QBs like gold dust. If you can never get a QB at discount or move up a tier in a QB, then you've got to do it. So we're going to move on to your QB too. Now, your next guy who you're looking to sell in Dynasty, who have you got? So my second QB, this actually didn't take me much thought. Um I think actually Mags and I might have discussed this with you when we did the streamathon because this was yep. one of our teams that we discussed. So my second QB cell is Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders, QB 29 currently. So for me, he's a QB drafted in the fifth round. You know, I know that there are quite a few Howell truthers out there, but for me personally, I think the chances of him coming a longest term starting QB, I think are really slim you know we've we've seen him in action in one game and yeah he was all right um you know i think he passed for 100 odd yards and got a touchdown and yes okay he does have a bit of rushing but one game in week 18 to me shows nothing because week 18 i can't remember who they played but most teams are resting everyone you know it's not like he's, he's gone out and played multiple games and, and strung them together in the nfl I personally think that he is likely to get benched at some point. And I think when people get really excited about him, they really need to think about Zach Wilson as their cautionary tale. <laughs> because people always are like, oh, Zach Wilson, you know, he's going to put it together in the end. You know, he's doing, you know, he's going to be great. And while he was a starter, obviously he held some value. As soon as he gets benched, pff, no value. Value is gone. So you can't move Zach Wilson for a penny now. You know, you can't get anybody. 
So particularly in a Superflex League, obviously his value, just because he's potentially been named the starter, he's already increased. You know, people have a higher value on him because they think he's going to start. So this is another one where I really think you need to look at selling at peak value. The only thing I would maybe consider, as long as he stays as a starter, is waiting until after week one. Because in week one, they play the Arizona Cardinals, which is an absolute bag of crap. So he's going to do well. So people are going to go, yes, Sam Howell, he's the next coming. Come on, let's have him. And then obviously you can sell him for even higher value. For me personally, I'm selling him while he's named the starter and potentially when he's shown that he's okay against Arizona. But (laughs) my suspicions are he's going to get benched halfway through, even if he makes it that far you know, the season. So sell, 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 get rid because you're going to get better value. As soon as he gets benched, you're not going to get anything for him. You might as well get something for him right now. Yeah, it was a rewind moment that was it then because um, obviously you, you were both on the stream on speaking about Sam Howell. I think for me, it's, it is concerning that we've got new ownership almost well in place. So they're going to want someone with a better profile, someone that's going to actually potentially win a really tough NFC East now. So, yeah, I can't see Al Powell being the main man. As you mentioned, day three guy, he flashed on one game, but you don't fall to round five if, if you've got a huge fan club here. So, yeah, I think it is a little bit like a game of Buckaroo where, you know, it's going to it's gonna explode, it's going to go off in a bad way, but it's just, can you, uh, you maximise it and time it just right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Hannah, I've got... I've got some trades for you here for for somehow. So let's see which one you go for. Same as last time. So you can either you know pivot up, go sideways, or or pivot down. So the first one is: Would you be happy to go Howell and a twenty four second to get Derek Carr? Would you pivot across from Howell and get Desmond Ritter, or would you pivot down and actually for Sam Howell pick up his teammate Jacoby Brissett and a twenty four and twenty five third? So this is a tough one, actually, isn't it? Because, look, Howell for Ridder, I wouldn't bother because, you know, ultimately Ridder, I think, is also a bit of a risk. Um, So you are kind of basically passing the bomb along and saying, you know, can I hold this long enough that it doesn't explode in my face? So I would, I would, to be honest, happy, I would be happy probably doing maybe trade one or trade three. Because, I mean, it depends. One, it depends how many QBs I've got on my team. Look, if Howell is my QB three, then I don't think I'm going to move down to Brissett a 24 and a 25th third. Because ultimately, yes, Brissett may take over this season. But we've seen him time and time again. He's a great backup. He can come in in for relief, but they're not going to keep him as the franchise quarterback. So ultimately, Brissett is going to lose value. So if you need him as your QB3, I wouldn't do that. But if he's like your QB5 and he sat there on your bench, I would consider it because then I'd pick up some more assets. And I've still got Brissett, who's going to kind of fill in when he gets benched. Derek Carr is actually one of my favourite buys at the moment. So I know, again, he's not going to be like some stud elite guy, but I think he is a very serviceable and probably better than people give him credit for QB2. So I, I would probably go trade one you know, as, as my first choice, but I would certainly consider trade three. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I think the, the clear message we've got though is somehow sucks selling. He is a disgrace. All right. So we're going to move from QB to running back now. And this guy's not a disgrace, but 
might be a tad overpriced. Who have you got, Anna? So my first running back is Najee Harris, and he's currently uh, priced as the RB14 on Keep Trade Cut. Now, people are probably, not everybody's going to love me for this, but I personally think that he's an average running back whose fantasy value is predicated on volume. You know, it's, there's nothing kind of a talent about him. It is, he is just kind of giving us up the value from having so many touches. Look, we know he did have a fantastic rookie season, and I think that's why people still kind of cling on to him. But we've got to remember that that was based on him getting a million checkdowns from the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Honestly, he had 96 targets and 76 receptions. Like, it's like insane how many he got. And then after Ben was finally laid to rest, even though I think he would have played like literally forever, his targets have been halved ever since. I mean, there's literally no way he's ever going to see that many targets. And already, Jalen Warren took some of those from him last season, especially in the second half of the season. Last season, he had below average yard per carry, only had 3.8. And his rushed yards after conduct per attempt were also pretty low at 2.8. So for me, that's kind of indicative of how good your running back is, rather than because obviously we know he had a poor offensive line. Right. So people say, well, that probably doesn't help. And it probably didn't help him. But I, I genuinely don't think he's that great. Like he's not going to break off big runs for you or anything like that. Um, so he did finish as the PPR RB14 and he's currently valued there. But for me, there's there's no further upside to him. I just can't see him ever finishing higher than the running back 14. And I think ultimately his value is just going to fall from here so again I think this is peak value time you just need to sell him like there's there's nothing in his profile that makes me want to keep him or thinks that he's going to outperform his current uh, valuation yeah no no arguments for me I mean this time last year I came on the same show and he was my unplanned for for the year I said the the writings on the wall this guy is getting like so many targets and doing so little with it and it's kind of that trend has kind of continued into you know the season that we just had he, he gets an awful lot and doesn't do an awful lot so if i'm you know coaching the steelers and i'm seeing on jalen warren with the limited opportunities he getting he's getting you know i produce Nasia harris touch per touch then why wouldn't you start trending towards that sort of more 50-50 split. So I think you're right, Hannah. I think Najee, the writing's on the wall for him. I think it's it's going down and down and down. Well, people kind of forget. I know he's not been in the league too long, but he is older. Like Najee Harris is older than Alexander Madison. He's played a lot of football. And yeah, he's maybe not your stereotypical, you know, third year running back. This is a guy that's got a lot of miles under him. I know some of us in college, but still counts. So he's someone that, you know, might not be in the league for a very long time and we're seeing the decline already. Yeah, Najee Harris is an old guy. He took Joe Burrow to prom, didn't he? Um, for anybody that's been listening a long time, I've brought that one back out of the uh, safe for you there. So hope you enjoy that. But I think, yeah, in terms of pure numbers, I think he's right around ranking-wise where, where I do have him. But my contention is the tier that he's currently in at Keitre Cut with guys like Chubb, Eckler, Pollard and Ramondre. I wouldn't have him over any of those in any any build. So technically, he's not in the same tier as those guys. So um, I'd be on board with Selene Harris. I think it reminds me a little bit that people might get upset with this, of David Montgomery. I 
think I can see a career path where he goes on a similar route to that. I do agree with you, he's very volume-based. So, yeah, it's always worry If that volume goes a little bit, like we saw last season, he's in trouble. He's not going to get 76 catches again, is he, really? So, it's it's, it's a fair shout, I think. Yeah, he's not in that same tier as those guys. If it was a tier below, I kind of get it, but he's not. So, three trades that I'm going to throw to you. I've got Harris and a 24-second for Saquon. I've got Harris straight up for Nick Chubb. I've got Najee Harris for Rashad White and a 24-second. Which one you got, Hannah? Well, I would actually consider doing all of these in different situations. But if you can sell Najee Harris for Nick Chubb, I would 100% do that, like, like for yeah. like. I mean, come on. I mean, the value you're getting there, I think, is amazing. So, I would 100% do that because I'm not giving anything up and I'm getting a better running back if I was a contender then I would consider doing trade one because I think Saquon's going to be good this year but again I think we've got to realize that ultimately he's he's on that kind of downward trajectory in terms of value so I'm certainly not doing that if I'm not a contender for this season um I if I if I was a rebuild I certainly would consider doing trade three Richard White, I think, is one of these guys that's either going to like be absolutely fantastic or really terrible. But I think I'd be willing to take the punt there because if he's fantastic, you've not actually spent that much to get him. Plus, you've also got a 24 second. So I would, I would certainly consider doing all of those. But if I got that fantastic value of Nick Chubb for Najee Harris, I'd be slamming that. Mm-hmm. One thing I was slamming was my head against the wall when I saw this next pick Hannah let's uh, let's move on to your second running back who have you got well I didn't think you'd like this Kev because it is an Eagles running back but my second <laughs> running back is DeAndre Swift and he's currently RB21 on keep trade cut look I there's no denying that Swift is talented and of course we have seen flashes of how good he can be in the NFL but in the, all of the seasons that he's played, which I think is now three seasons, he's never finished higher than an RB3 in any format, like across the season, which to me seems crazy because of how talented he is. But I think there's been a few issues. He's had durability issues, so he's missed 10 games over the past three seasons. And also Detroit moved on from him after three seasons. They're clearly not satisfied with what they were getting from him. So to me, that... That gives me alarm bells. And also that was Dan, that was Dan Campbell's car driving him out of Detroit if you didn't hear it. <laughs> and obviously the Eagles paid like literally pennies to get him. So again, I'm not sure that they were that excited about getting him. They're like, oh, a bargain. I'll have that. Um, so you know, look, he's a big one player with good receiving skills. But to me, his skills are not necessarily how the Eagles have chosen to use their running backs in the past. They actually targeted their running backs at the third lowest rate in 2022 and literally well below average. I personally think that Rashad Penny is better suited for what the Eagles have historically done. Now, I'm not saying they might not want to change what they do, but from how they have previously worked, I think if Penny stays healthy... I personally think he's going to be the running back one on on that team. I know he got paid like pennies, but that's because because of his durability issues, isn't it? Like, let's face facts. If he had been durable, 
you know, over the past however many years he's been in the league, this dude is certainly going to be in the elite tier. We've seen what he can do when he's healthy. He is fantastic. Um, and I think if he can stay healthy, he'll be the, the running back one. And the other thing I would say is, look, there's still Swift Truthers out there. Kev yep. being a shining That's example. Me. So I personally would be going to sell again. I'm selling high here because I'm not convinced that he's going to in- increase his value in any way. Um, and I think, unfortunately, the more people realise that he's not kind of what he, um, I suppose, was advertised as or people still hope he's going to be, I think his value is just going to fall further. So for me personally, I'm selling. But I know Kev's going to have Yeah, let's try and flip the coin, eh, I guess, on this one. Flip the coin from Penny and get it back on Swift. So, um I think a lot of what he said is absolutely correct, um, that he's not lived up to expectations. And people are saying that Eagles is going to be an amazing landing spot. Um, it, it's not. Um, there could have been a lot better landing spots for, for DeAndre Swift. So um, it, it, it's not there with me. I, I'm still buying into the talent. I just think looking over the years at things like um, Yad's created per touch and like target shares and explosive plays, things like that just really stand out that as an asset looking at him on his own, if he does ever get that situation, which I don't think he will in, in Philly, but I love the talent. Like literally at one stage, this guy was running back to him in Dynasty in, in some rankings. Um, it could be on a different team to the Eagles, but my thought process is last season, Miles Sanders had an awesome season. Granted, a lot of it were touchdowns, but DeAndre Smith Swift is miles better than Sanders. No, no joke, uh, no pun intended. So, yeah, I think if Swift's going to do it, it's not going through catching passes. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Russian QB, not checking down much. But I, I'm just believing in the talent. I think we're about 21. I'm happy to gamble there. And just if it doesn't happen with Philly this season, he will get another shot. If it does, I'll be a bit good because I want him to move somewhere else. Yeah, he's a super interesting one, right? He's almost someone that I'm not wanting to buy at all right now, but see, by the end of the season, I'm like, I'll try and buy Swift and see where he ends up. That might be interesting. But yeah, I just think the Eagles is a is a bad landing spot for him. So, so Hannah, we got we got some trades for you. If you did own Swift and you want to you wanna pivot off, would you pivot up and give up Swift and a 2024 first to get Josh Jacobs? Would you pivot sideways to the man that Kev said Swift is miles better than, Miles Sanders? <laughs> Or would you trade down and pick up your boy Khalil Herbert at a 24 second for DeAndre Swift? I have to say, I'm not a massive fan of any of these, if I'm totally honest. Like Miles Sanders, I'm not really interested in, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, although, to be fair, I think he's, he's probably going to hold his value better than Swift this year because he is going to be the running back one in Carolina. So if I was going to buy and then probably look to sell in season or immediately post the season, then maybe, you know, if I'm going to be a wheelie dealer, maybe I'll do that one. Josh Jacobs, like he had a fantastic season last season, but he's not going to repeat. And then ultimately he's on the franchise tag this year. So who knows where he's going to go. So I personally wouldn't want to be giving up my 24 first for that. Um, Herbert, you know, I I love Khalil Herbert. Obviously, he was my um, guy last year. Not the flag pant. I can't remember what it was. The one that's going to increase his value. Whatever. What's we call the name it. of the show? 
Oh, the wild card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be invited back on, am I? <laughs> um, so I, I love Khalil Herbert. I think he has uh, amazing talent, but I'm just not convinced that Chicago agrees with me. Um, so I'm a bit nervous for him, but he would be a punt, especially if I got a 24 second. So I might, I might take Sanders and then try and sell him this, in the season, or I might take a punt on Herbert, but I wouldn't want Josh Jacobs. Take Sanders and sell him for Herbert. <laughs> that could be the move, but yeah, you've broke my heart on Swift. Um, we're hopefully going to get back on track for your next pick, and we're going to move to wide receiver. Who have you got? So my first wide receiver, again, I think people are going to come and hunt me down probably because he seems really popular at the moment, and I don't know why. It's Christian Watson. He's currently wide receiver 20, so he's obviously the Green Bay Packers. Um, look, to me, I think there's two reasons why people are super-duper excited about him, um, and that is because of his performance at the end of the season where he obviously just got a million touchdowns with about five touches. And also the fact that he's likely going to be, or people think he's going to be, the wide receiver one on that team. So I honestly think that people think that what we saw at the end of last season is what we're going to get from him on a weekly basis. But we're just not. Because when you look closer, like his fantasy performance last season was predicated on deep targets and a touchdown rate of 19.4%, which is like, honestly... Hmm ginormous so he is not going to do that again like regression is coming i promise you and we also don't actually know what the green bay offense is going to be you know jordan hell uh, jordan love is coming in and taking the helm you know i know that aaron Rodgers wasn't the world's best last season but he was still playing with aaron Rodgers. like we have no idea what jordan love is and then they've also drafted another second round receiver so I just, I just go, cannot see how he's going to perform to his current ADP and ranking. I just honestly think he's really overvalued. So I have no interest in trading for him or picking him up in a startup, not at this price. If his price comes down, I might be interested. But to, for me personally, he's way overvalued. I do not like him at all. So I'm selling him while people are really excited. And then when they see how terrible he is in the first few weeks of the season, obviously they'll be regretting selling me somebody great. So Yeah, so, this yeah, one that, this one breaks my heart a little bit because like whenever looking at the rookies last year, you know, early doors, I was like, Oh, Christian Watson's like I'm putting the stamp of like this is my guy coming out here. And then his value's gone so so high. I'm like, oh no, like I can't. Like I can't justify it on myself like like taking him here. I think because he's a guy that I think is or always was meant to be this kind of raw project kind of player, but people are drafting him like the finished product right now, and he's far, far from it. And putting him into this offense now with, with Jordan Love and with all these new like pieces around him, it's likely that he's gonna have a dip and people are expecting him to, you know, be a wide receiver one for their team and I just don't I just don't see how he's going to be able to do that with this Green Bay offense. I really like the player. I think he's very exciting. Who knows what's going to happen, but I don't see him producing at a high end this year. So yeah, I think you're right again, Hannah. Take advantage of this, you know, peak in his value. And then yeah, maybe later down the road pick him up when he's a bit cheaper. But right now, I think he's a sell as well. Yeah, I think one of the scariest things with Watson is if you I know we make reference to keep trade cup 
quite a lot on this show, but if you look at his graph, like before the breakout, he was like wide receiver 60-odd, and then he jumped massively, really quick. And that just makes me think that he's so volatile. If he has a bad spell, if Jaden Reed is better than advertised, he could go the other way and start decreasing quite a lot in value. Jordan loves a big question mark. Watson's still a question mark, so there's tons of risk of it. I think I've got him lower than but like wide receiver 22 in mine, which yeah, I'm well above market. Well, I'm well above sort of the wild card market. I know when me and Al, uh, Ali and Matt did a show a few months back, I was a high style plus three. But yeah, I think he's risk reward, but there's more risk than reward. So I, I do agree with you on that. I think when you look at the tier he's in as well, Addison, Devontae Adams, Ayuk, Quentin Johnston, Jerry Judy. He's not above any of those. He's not in that tier at all. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sell him at this price. Um, wouldn't be shocked if you're, you're absolutely laughing your head off uh, with what you've you've gained from this trade. So, um, we'll see if one of these trades can get you laughing your head off on this one. I know we've got Christian Watson, a 24th first for Chris Olave. Christian Watson for Quentin Johnston. Or Christian Watson for Rashad Bateman and a 24 second. For me, give me a larvae all day. I, like, I, I, yeah, I just want a larvae, please. If I can do that, fabulous. I'm laughing. I'm well happy. But like Meg said, like I wouldn't be adverse to buying him. If he goes cheap, I wouldn't be adverse to buying him when he's cheap. But I just don't want to have him at this price. So, yeah, if I can get Chris Alave just for a 24 first, count me 100% in. I'm doing that all day. Love that. And we're going to... We've made up on this on that last selection. We agree on Christian Watson. We're going to come to the next guy, and hmm, I know where it's going to go. So my second wide receiver sell is Juju Smith-Schuster. So... Super Bowl winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, he's now in the Patriots, and he's wide receiver fifty-two. Look. Um, I feel like we're gonna, I'm going to have a lot of discussion about this, but ultimately I think he's going to be tough to sell because I think now people are kind of realising that Juju is not the guy that we all kind of wanted him to be. Like, we all know what he is at this point. You know, he was on Kansas City last year, as Mags likes to remind us all the time. Um, and he was connected to Patrick Mahomes, but he could only manage to finish as a PPR wide receiver 27. So it's not exactly like he was like smashing down and being an amazing wide receiver one. And that's with Patrick Mahomes. He's now connected to Mac Jones, who is not really a QB who's known to elevate his wide receivers. So I personally think that any of his upside is now gone. And basically the Patriots is a place where wide receivers now go to die. So if I could get anything for him, then I probably would. But I think, unfortunately, his value is probably so low now that you, you probably can't get anything for him and he has to just sit in the graveyard on your team forever. But before I dropped him, I would 100% be trying to get anything for him. Um, but I don't want him anymore. He isn't going to contribute to my team. I, I just don't see the point. I think, again, his value is just going to keep going down, in my personal opinion. I'm that person that's still buying. Like I was <laughs> in on him. I'm, and then I was sort of like, oh, he, he had a bit of a tough season and caught three touchdown pass out of Mahomes as 48. How do you manage that? Um, I, I'm I'm buying. I think at that price, it's uh, it's wild. I think him and Jacoby Myers are both really undervalued for 
something that's steady that's probably just going to be a wide receiver three in my eyes but at that value it's, it's really nice you're not taking on a lot of risk in mind i think that juju is a better talent than myers and myers was top 30 last season um mentioned the touchdowns that flukely only got three out of Melbourne's was 48 he's been a wide receiver one before um yeah i, I just really like the price like i've got a lot of them anyway because I've, I've been a trooper but um yeah okay. Matt, Matt, Matt jones is a bit of a, of a dampener but it, it Jacob Myers was top 30 last season so i'm all right with it i am all for like steady and you know you know what you're getting but to me like juju steady it's not even like he's going to give me a few points every like He's like really not even a decent steady. Like I'd much rather have a dart throw on my bench than Juju personally, because I just think I know I'm getting and it's it ain't going to be good. If he finishes a wide receiver one at the end of this season, Kev, you know I think we need to do some sort of bet because it, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. No, it's not. He's not going to finish as a wide receiver. When I said wide receiver three, but I just look at who he's going around: Gabe Davis, Sky Moore, Rashi Rice. Josh Downs, John Metchie. I'd, I'd much rather have a dart throw on those, though, because ultimately they could produce much more than he will. I'm like, oh, yay, three points this week. You're... I'm not sure. I don't know if I agree with that. Max, get her. <laughs> well, I've, if you like dart throws, Anna, I've got a couple for you right here. So uh, we'll start off with a pivot up, maybe less of a dart throw, but still a dart throw as well. Would you give up Juju and a 24 second and a third to get Jerry Judy? Would you pivot sideways to the ultimate dart throw, Michael Thomas? Or would you trade down and actually get Odell Beckham Jr. and a third? Um, none of these really massively float my boat, I have to say. She loves Juju. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would much rather be buying someone young, if I'm honest. So, like Michael Thomas, I mean, come on now, he's like the ultimate graveyard ride receiver, right? Okay, yeah. yes, maybe he's going to do something, but he last stepped foot on a field like three years ago or something ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I think R.I.P. Michael Thomas personally. So I'm not wasting my time there. OBJ again. He, he's a dart throw for this season, but anything longer than that, you know, pointless. A 24 third, I suppose it's better than nothing. Would I go up to Jerry Judy? I mean, look, if I'm giving up a second and a third, I mean, that's not a massive value, um, including Juju. So I think I would consider doing that. Again, like you say, Judy ultimately is a bit of a dart throw, but I'd rather have him than Juju sitting on my bench, if I'm honest. Interesting stuff there. So we had a little bit of a disagreement. We're going to try and get back on track at tight end. Well, you're going to get on track with me, I think, but I'm not sure about uh, about my. <laughs> well, you see, I like coming on and, and causing a little bit of controversy. You know, it's a bit boring when we all agree. So let's have a bit of a disagreement and a bit of an argument. Because also, like, ultimately, if we all valued players the same, then, you know, we would never trade or, you know, do anything like that. So it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? And ultimately, when I'm right and you guys are wrong, you'll realise the error of your ways. <laughs> um, no, so my first tight end, which I think ultimately many people in the community are going to be upset with me about, that is Dalton Kincaid. He is currently the tight end five on keep trade court now come on come on people so it's not actually dalton kincaid 
the player. Again, is Dalton Kincaid and his valuation. Like he has never set foot on an NFL field, but he's already valued as a Titan five. I mean, come on. He's his he is ahead of Kittle and Goddard. I mean, please, like seriously, people, for me, the hype is is just purely out of control. And the only reason is that he was taken by the Bills. Like if he had gone on another team, nobody would have cared one iota. Like, look, I'm not saying that ultimately he he isn't going to develop into an elite tight end because he might. But history tells us that rookie tight ends very rarely provide us with any decent fantasy production. So it can take quite a few years for him to develop into that. So I, I just don't see the point of him sitting with all of that value probably on your bench. People say, oh, he's going to be a studio round receiver. You know, he's going to be catching all of these passes from Josh Allen, which might be the case. But you've got to remember that Gabe Davis isn't suddenly going to disappear. Now, I know he's not this massive commanding wide receiver that's commanding all these targets, but he's still there. So is Dawson Knox. You know, they're not going to suddenly disappear into the ether and Dalton Kincaid's going to get a 30% target share next to Stefan Diggs. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, this value is so high that I'm like, sell. I'm selling at Titan 5. Come on now. Like, I'm going to get loads of assets and then the poor person's going to have Dalton Kincaid sat on the bench for two years until they can use him. I'd rather sell him now, buy him then when he's starting to pop just a little bit, when he's a bit cheaper, and then have him back on my team. I'm not wasting my life for two years with him sat there. No <laughs> I mean, how dare you? <laughs> this is just... Uh, no. Even I, like, before the show we were recording, I was like, is he really tight end fives like that? That's pretty high. Like that is like above, I'm, like the Kittle thing. If I squint, I can see it with Kittle injuries, all of that. Dallas Goddard, that's a real hard sell to kind of rank him above Dallas Goddard because of how good Dallas Goddard is. I'm a big believer in in Don Kincaid. I took him about four rounds too early in the Scott Fishbowl. I loved it. <laughs> Still don't regret it. Um, I think that he can come in. They've already spoken about how. You know, the head coaches and the coaches, the offensive uh, coordinator have talked about how he's they've been brought in as like, you hear this term a lot, but like a weapon, right? So he's like going to be a, a, a weapon for the team rather than just a tight end. So I can see him getting, you know, significant target share right, right off the bat. I don't see why they would trade up to get him if they weren't going to plan to use him right away. The Bills can't afford to take sort of these projects on board. I think they traded up and I think they're going to use him right away because they're in a win-now mode, so... Yeah, I don't see what I don't, it doesn't make sense why they would trade up for a project. They would trade up for someone they think they can use right away. So I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to hit the ground running. I don't think he's going to score better than Dallas Goddard this year. Maybe not even next year. So yeah, it is pretty tricky to to put him ahead of Goddard for sure. But I I I physically couldn't tell Dalton Kiki it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> like I just I'm too invested in the guy. But but. I definitely do get where you're coming from as well, Hannah. Titan 5 is extremely high. Yeah, like, if we just take numbers completely out of it, Dalton Kincaid, what a great prospect. Got first round draft capital, tied to the Bills. Personally, I I was thinking, like, oh, he'll probably end up like tight end 8, 9, 10, something in that range. Yeah. Um, seeing him at Titan 5 is wild for me. Um just the history of of tight end rates. Now, if he ends up being a wide receiver three, that makes it slightly different. But the question that's always posed on my mind is, 
if he has a good season, what is his cost next season? That's what I'm thinking. So I have got a little bit of Kincaid, not the Titan 5, by the way, um, rookie drafts only. I won't be taking him in any startup at that price. I think rookie drafts, get your exposure, or you've got your exposure that way. Um, yeah, Kittle got up to know. I think the, the question for me comes when it gets to fry move. I could take it both ways. Probably would slightly lean Kincaid just based on his market, but let's get get, get some uh, trades offered to you now and see exactly where you would like to move from Kincaid. So Kincaid at 24 first to Mark Andrews. Got Kincaid for Dallas Cotter. Or Kincaid to get the greatest tight end on earth, David Njoku, and a 24 second. Njoku? Exactly. <laughs> for me, personally, I wouldn't be against doing any of those I would probably with how excited people are about Kincaid I would try not to sell my 24 first Mark Andrews I'd see if I could get away with a lower pick but I wouldn't be against pivoting to Mark Andrews if I could get Dallas Goddard straight up yes please you know he's going to give me actual points from the get-go this season I mean look ultimately again it depends what stage you are you know with your teams if you're in like the ultimate rebuild and it's going to take you three years to get there well why not have Kincaid like what's the point of having Goddard because I'm rebuilding I want all my high picks and I want potentially you know players of the future but if I'm in any way contending then you know not even necessarily like I'm definitely going to win this season sometimes you can get lucky in a season you know so unless I'm in like a true deep rebuild then I would certainly do Got it from Kincaid. Yes, please. Mark Andrews. I try not to give up my first, but I wouldn't be against doing that. Um, and joking, maybe I'd be less keen to do, but I wouldn't be against doing it personally. Like, you know, look, he's fine, but I think, I honestly do think that that he's people are just way too excited about him at the moment. If, if he was at like 10 and 10, fine. But yeah, no. I think you've, you've summed up the Kincaid pivots really well there. Um, obviously, I, I, I did start breathing a little bit heavy when you were trashing and joking, but it's all good. You got to the right, the right spot. But I think we're going to move on to the final pick, the final tight end. And this selection is the reason that Ali is not on tonight's show because <laughs> this, this is a guy that he, he was on in the past. And it's actually a refreshing pick, Hannah, because unlike me, you've proven not to be a homer. No, do you know what? I'm, I'm very much not a homer in fantasy. And people, they think they can sell me Bengals players and, and they just can't because <laughs> I'm always very... Um, yeah, do you know what? My guys is not a thing with me. Like, I'm, I'm very logical and I like to kind of think through what I'm doing. So if you thought you might be able to sell me my guys, I'm sorry. It's not going to work. But my final, uh, I suppose, final player of the day, um, my second tight end, um, like you say, I'm being a bit blasphemous about my Bengals, but it's Irv Smith Jr. So he is currently tight end 22. Now, the tight end landscape, as we kind of know, is a little bit of a shit show. But people have got really excited about Irv Smith again because he's on the Bengals. You know, obviously the Bengals are a competing team and therefore, you know, he must be like some amazing contributor. But if you think about it, like he's never really has managed to put it together and produce in the NFL, even though kind of people have been reasonably excited about him for a long time. I mean, this has mainly been due to injuries. Um, 
but you know I, I think I think ultimately his time to kind of be something has, has kind of been and gone people like you say have now been like yes he's on the Bengals this is when he's going to be his chance to shine obviously um Hayden Hurst last year you know that's what people are kind of thinking about but when you actually sit down and crunch the numbers tight ends in Cincinnati aren't aren't actually as great for fantasy as people think that they are I think they see that the, the tight end occasionally catching a touchdown and they think oh you know it's Joe Burrow he's going to be, they're going to be passing a lot therefore there's going to be some value but ultimately since he targeted their tight ends actually at the sixth lowest rate last season so it's really not that often you know I think the issue is they've got Jamar they've got T and then Tyler Boyd obviously is fantastic in the slot so they have a lot less kind of need to go to the tight end and actually when you look back Hayden Hurst only finished as the PPR tight end 20 last season so for me I think this is a perfect perfect time jump on the hype and selling for top value before people actually realize that he's not going to be as fantasy relevant as they kind of hoped so for me like again it's not necessarily the players that I don't like it it's it's the valuation and in some ways I do like them because it means I can get more assets out of selling them so a lot of my reasoning for all of these players is ultimately I want to get more assets um and if I can sell them high, it means I'll get more than necessarily I might have got at any other time. So in the end, I'm going to make my team better. So that is often my reasoning in Dynasty. As I say, you know, it might not necessarily be to like DeAndre Swift. He got very upset when I was <laughs> and I didn't like him. But what all I'm trying to do is get the best value that I feel I'm going to get for him before any value starts to drop and then I'm losing out. Because really, Dynasty, the whole of Dynasty is all about just wheeling and dealing. And I think sometimes people forget that. They just want the shiny toy on their team. They want all of the young players or, you know, all of these breakout rookies or whatever. But but it really is all about just being smart. And it's basically stocks and shares, isn't it? Selling things high, buying things low, and ultimately being able to, to build that best roster for the cheapest price. So yeah, sorry I went off on a tangent there, but, you know. <laughs> I was just trying to explain before people came and hunted me down with their <laughs> forks. Right. If anybody's coming after you for Irv Smith, then they need to give themselves a shake. But um, I think you just make a great point, first of all, that you will tend to find the best teams in your league are the ones that are most active, that do the most transactions, the most trades, the most waivers. Um, so that, that is just one thing. If you're, if you're engaged 365, if you're making the most moves or trying to improve your roster, you're going to you're gonna get there in the end. So that's a that's a tip to anyone. Be active, don't be a jerk. Um yeah, Irv Smith, he couldn't beat out Tyler Conklin when he was rubbish at the Vikings. He couldn't get a target share when it, it was facing um a declining Adam Phelan, a KJ Osborne, uh Emir Smith Marset. He couldn't get a target share that in Minnesota. How is he gonna get a target share on the Bengals? He's not, he stinks. Yeah, I think it's it's He's just not going to get get a target share, right? And I, I was kind of sort of had bought into Irv Smith when he was at the Vikings. I thought he had a chance and was kind of left with a lot of shares of him. And I've sold almost all of them. And I'm pretty happy, actually. I'm pretty pleased with, with what I've got. So, yeah, great great pick. And let's see, let's see what you choose here, Hannah. We've got three trades again for you as well. Would you pivot up, giving up Irv? And uh, let's go 2025 this time. 2025 second and 2025 third. But you'll get back Chig Okonkwu. 
Would you do a straight sideways swap and get Isaiah Likely for Irv Smith? Or would you pivot down and get the best tight end of the league, Daniel Bellinger, at a 2024 third? Um, look, for me, if I'm going to pay for a tight end, I don't want to kind of pay for those middle ground ones because ultimately yeah. I think Chig is either going to increase in value or decrease in value this season. And I think ultimately probably decrease in value that he's another one where the hype's kind of built up because he did okay at the end of the season um obviously we've got hopkins there now breaking um so well mikhail phillips shares are just like (laughs) (laughs) yes i probably don't want to buy chig to be honest at, at at the moment um, would I do Earth for Isaiah Likely? Maybe. To be honest, I'm not bothered about any of these. I'd rather just have the picks if, if I'm truthful. Um, you know, none of these ultimately are probably going to contribute to my team. Probably Likely or Bellinger are the most likely to um, if there's an injury. But, um, Matt, can I have the picks, please? Yes. Yes, you can, Hannah. <laughs> Which is the well, correct choice? Oh, Daniel Gallinger. How's he getting mentions every week? But anyway, we've, we've finished that section. Thank you for your, your day, Sichels, Hannah. And we're going to move on to the um, the main section, fantasy wildcard selection. So I'm going to get you to pick the player that you think will improve their dynasty value the most in 2023. Players that have been picked on previous shows you can't use. So it costs you later on in the offseason. A smaller pool to go from, but I think... You've picked a great one today. Who have you got, Anna? Has your fantasy wildcard selection? Yeah, well, I was very upset when there was like a load of list of a load of names in the list that I was like, oh, I would have picked that one person, I would have picked that person. So ultimately I had to go hunting a little bit, but I was quite proud of my finding. So today my wildcard selection is Elijah Moore of the Cleveland Browns, who is currently wide receiver 39. Now, I I personally just this is actually a player where I'm actually betting on the talent. Um, I think his issues in the at the Jets last season were more of kind of uh, personal issues than playing, you know, talent issues. I think fresh start, new team. I really, really need Watson to play well for this to pay off. But if he does, I think ultimately Moore's going to be the wide receiver too on this team. They're saying already that they want to be more pass happy. They want to do more in the pass game. And I think more probably will be a recipient and also beneficiary of this. So, I mean, 39, I mean, that's really low in my opinion. And I think ultimately Elijah Moore is certainly going to finish well above that. And I think people are going to want to start buying again. He is one that he is one of my buy low guys, you know, looking at that. Why have you 39? Come on now. I mean, you're paying pennies. And he could well, well, well outperform that. You're in a full agreement, Max. Absolutely. Like, I, I think he's a great target to have. He's someone that, you know, this time, what, last year, he was going wide receiver 20, maybe, yeah, right? He was yeah. way, way, way up. And for him to fall all the way down for, you know, by all accounts, on here, right, it seems to be a personal thing. Yeah. Why not grab him here? This could, this could be a winner, Kev. Yeah, he had such an intriguing rookie season when he when he sort of hit the field and he had a stretch of really standing out. Um, I love the talent as a 
as a college prospect, I actually had him. Uh, this might be a detriment to my, my ranking on Jalen Waddle, but I had him above Waddle, I had him above Bateman. Um, and it's not happened yet, so it would be good if he could get his act together and make me feel a little bit better about my mm-hmm. rookie process. But great shout. What Being tied to Watson, if he shows anything, his value is going to spike because when you talk about pass-catching weapons, first thing a lot of people do is look at the QB and think, right, yeah, he's got a, a generational QB. Um, he's tied to him for a long term. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of competition, Tillman and Donovan Peoples-Jones, but if you're scared about them too, what are you doing in this game? Uh, Talent-wise, he absolutely smokes them. So, really hoping you're right, Hannah. Come on, Elijah. Get your act together. Yes. Let's get it. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of tonight's show where we've discussed Dynasty Cells, some trade ideas, some pivots, and obviously Elijah Moore. So, before you go, Hannah, please remind the audience where they can find you and anything that you'd like to plug. So, yeah, like you said at the start, Kev, obviously you'll find me on a Monday night on the Wildcard Rewind show with Paul. Um, and obviously we've got a new co-host now because Mags abandoned us in Lewis. Um, you'll find me on the Five Yard Dynasty show on a Tuesday. And I've finally managed to get my act together and write my first article of the 2023 season. Um, and that's on some of the 2022 running back rookies. So uh, go and have a look at that on the Five Yard Rush website. Awesome stuff. Thank you very much, Hannah. Before I give you my final thoughts, we'll come to you, Max, for your final thoughts. Yeah, great, great show as always. Always good with, you know, we got the best three here, so it was always, <laughs> always going to be a brilliant show. Always great chatting to you guys, and yeah, can't wait to, to see what happens next week. I'll be away for a few weeks, guys. You won't, you won't see me. Uh, I'll be away in Italy, so Best of luck with the next few weeks. And the quality of the show is about to increase significantly with, with me gone for a while. Before you um, count us out, Kev, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time. It was awesome. <laughs> great fun. Um, obviously, it was much better without Ali here because he didn't want to speak to me. Um, but, yeah, thanks a lot. It was it was fab. No, just, uh, just I guess, echoing the sentiment of Mags and uh, straight back. I just such a great show. Um, we did back bump heads a little bit tonight, actually. Which I think when I came on Five Red Dynasty, we agreed with a lot of things, so it was nice to bump heads in a way. Um, yeah, I think the audience sort of gains a lot from two different sort of views and perspectives as well. So appreciate that, appreciate you coming on. Great knowledge, great charisma, great chemistry, such a nice person as well, Hannah. So cheers for everything that you do with Thanks Wildcard with, with um, obviously UKFFC as well. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Sure, we'll get you on again a couple of times a little bit later on in the summer as well for our flag plants and our flag on plants. It should be an interesting one. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to us on Twitter and YouTube at Fantasy Wildcard and at Wildcard Dynasty. Join us for our show every Wednesday. The podcast drops a little bit earlier on Tuesday. Thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you again very soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.